And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. I am your host Joel and as you can tell I am not in my regular place tonight. I will not bore you with the details but I'll tell you a family emergency means I'm going to be away from home maybe for a little bit. Hopefully it's not a big deal. Uh, the show goes on, though, because God damn it, Matt, I'm a professional, and when you're a professional, you do the show all the time. The only thing that stopped me was when I had that third-degree burn on my leg, when I literally couldn't sit in the chair and do it. Yeah, it's the only time we've actually really missed a show, or like when I've had like horrible food poisoning. Yeah, which was in the same week, which is mm. weird that that happened. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of lucky. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the curse, the great witch's curse that was delivered <laughs> upon us. Uh, so how was your week, Matt? Pretty good, pretty good. As we we just did um, before this, we, we talked about AEW since I started watching AEW yes. uh, this week with the Revolution uh, big match, uh, which was really damn good, yes. really damn good one to start on. And you can hear all about Matt's feelings on that new pay-per-view over on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. That's going to be our special Patreon exclusive for the month, so be sure to check that one out. I know we've got a bunch of new Patreons, and goddammit, I should have the list in front of me <laughs> when I bring them up. But you know who you are, and you're great. Thank you so if, much. If you we send greatly me, appreciate If you it. send me that list, I can put it on the screen over here, over this side next to us <laughs> okay i will i will do that then we'll start shouting out our patrons i know other youtube channels do that and that's probably how it should be done yeah we 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 also uh would have had another ad segment this week from uh, a fan who wanted me to talk about their channel and kickstarter but their check hasn't cleared yet Ooh. so we gotta wait till next week <laughs> no i know who it is he's a good dude you probably know him too he talks to us on twitter all the time oh nice <clears throat> and that offer is still open to anyone else who has a YouTube channel or a Kickstarter or a charity or any other project they want me to talk about, uh, email me and we'll work out specifics. Cool, cool. And once we work that out, I'll be sure to give Matt his cut, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Matt, it was C2E2 week this week. Kind of a quiet C2E2, ultimately. I know yeah. in years past we've had much bigger announcements than this year. Yeah, I was for sure. It, might, might, it kind of has to do with our first story, but also a story we talked about last week which was dan didio closing i was for sure we we're going to get some like uh g5 stuff and generation yeah, stuff and we yeah. didn't get like anything the fact that we haven't heard any of that is a little distressing it is but then it might be them just kind of trying to sort it all out because that was kind of dan didio's whole thing and they're trying to like maybe figure it out how to do it without him or something supposedly there's there's a, a lot of rumor and a lot a lot of conjecture and we talked about this last week and so far we still don't know all the particulars i guess we can start with the big story and that is of course jim lee opened up about didio's departure uh obviously jim lee being the other co-publisher of the two which again it's like why why do we need two publishers mm -hmm. at this company and isn't that usually a job for one person lee basically said yeah we're not going to be looking to fill his position anytime soon which is interesting that means oh so we're going to have one singular publisher now instead of two yeah that that could be pretty beneficial because then you don't have to go through two people who might have varying mm. opinions on certain things True. combating opinions now it's just him and probably his dan didio's like other day-to-day -day stuff probably gets shifted into other roles as well i guess you know again this feels like maybe something from up high maybe this is like the new head of uh 
Warner Brothers DC Entertainment mm-hmm. being like, look, why are we why, why are we writing two paychecks to two guys who do the same job? Yeah, yeah, it could be. It, they do that thing from the Dark Knight where they come down, break a pool cube, and be like, all right, Jim, all right, Dan, fight for it. <laughs> yeah. And Jim was the winner. And you didn't know that because Jim Lee's a little guy, but he's actually very scrappy. <laughs> he's got the speed and the quickness over <laughs> Didio, who's who's a little older and he's got a bad back. Jim Lee just worked the back a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't a pretty win, but it was a win. <laughs> He, he he rolled up a bunch of issues of uh, wild cats and smacked them with those. <laughs> he had so many. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jim Lee opened up about that at the con, which that he kind of did it after much prodding. The fact that it's been so many weeks and we still haven't had a more official yeah uh, thing from DC is so goddamn weird. And the fact that it's been two weeks makes me think they're not going to give us one. Do you maybe think they don't want to say anything... Because Didio technically still works for him because he's writing Metal Men, so he's still, like, uh, in the picture, kind of. We don't want... If we did fire him, we don't want to slag off a guy who's currently writing a book for us until it's finished. Yeah, yeah, it could be something like that. Or, like, they, they there's, like, some contract clause or something. They can't say something until he's left or something. Yeah, yeah. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, the longer you don't say anything... The more I think, I'm like, was this like a weird scandal or something? Yeah. Like, why aren't you saying anything? Yeah. It's it's very strange. Lee also opened up about another thing that fans have been talking about on Twitter and social media for some goddamn reason, and that is, oh, is Disney going to absorb <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers now? And Lee's like, no, that's fucking stupid. Who told you that? Oh, we know who told you that. And and to find out, you have to go to his Patreon and and pay uh, pay two hundred dollars for a Cyberfrog body pillow, and he'll tell yeah. you the secrets because he's in the know. Well, geez, it seems like whoever said that is just a grifter trying to get your money and stir up controversy, and anyone with even the smallest amount of media literacy would be able to see through such a shameless ploy. But this is the internet, and websites would rather, you know, print something, print anything, than actually print the truth, where it's like, hmm, this kind of seems like bullshit, but I bet a lot of people will read it if I put it up. Yeah. So, you know, online journalism, kids. <laughs> catch the fever but uh this this seems like this is all we're gonna know about the didio thing for a while now yeah yeah i i have to say after he he's finished that metal man book we're gonna get more or eventually like in a couple of years we're gonna get like when someone leaves the company they'll be like mm. oh yeah what oh they yeah did didio. yeah this is what happened i'm shocked over c2e2 no one got like anyone in the know in a bar and like got yeah. them drunk it's like okay tell me everything yeah that was actually quite interesting that they didn't do that <laughs> yeah that's what i would do uh, maybe they didn't go out as much because of the uh, coronavirus where it's like no 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 it's dangerous enough just going to a convention <laughs> man i picked a good year to not really book any conventions and you know not because i'm trying to fix broken teeth or anything and because i don't have the money yeah it was because of the virus that's why you're not going to see cape troll <laughs> at any conventions this year <laughs> because i decided for my health and not because i wasn't invited and because my money is otherwise <laughs> but uh surprisingly too this was like one of the only major dc stories coming out of the show the rest is all marvel yeah i didn't hear anything getting announced or anything like of big note i think they i think they might have talked about some um uh they're like young adult stuff but that's about it yeah 
How weird. Yeah. I always feel like there's so much more to talk about at C2E2. Well, yeah, well, like, in, just pa- wasn't in the past, this year. like, we've had stuff uh, from C2E2. Like, I think that's where, like, a majority of Rebirth was announced. Um, yeah, yeah. Stuff with Doomsday Clock, all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, this year, nothing. Emerald City is coming up, and sometimes Emerald City, because that's like the big writer con, mm-hmm. maybe they'll drop some more stuff there. Yeah, maybe. God, I wish I got to go to Emerald City <laughs> this year. Maybe not, but still. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got a ton of new Marvel stuff to talk about. The biggest is we finally know the name of the next big Summer X-Men event, because obviously with all these X-Men books, we got to have a big event, and it's called X of Swords or Ten of Swords. It's probably Ten of Swords, but I'm going to call it X of Swords <laughs> just to piss people off. <laughs> yeah, th- this is... This is very strange. We don't really know anything about it, except everyone seemingly gets swords. <laughs> Which is the coolest thing ever. I just imagine Hickman being there like, hmm, built a new country. Everything's kind of morally gray and interesting. We don't know where this is going. We got all these shoes waiting to drop. What can I do for an event? Everyone gets swords. And the whole editorial department's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all they need now is the fedoras. And they'll be the, per- Everyone the perfect get- beards. That's that's the first line of dialogue. Well, you slept, Krakoa mastered the blade. <laughs> well, you went to prom, Avengers. The X-Men mastered the blade. <laughs> it's, it's actually not as weird as it sounds because, like, obviously the X-Men are involved with quite a few magical swords. Uh, Wolverine's got his mass immune. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Uh magic has her soul sword uh there's grass cutter and god killer which are two swords that hickman invented i think in new avengers so there's definitely places they could go with this and they seek to imply that the villains are going to be the original four horsemen Ooh, interesting that uh and, and you say like like swords uh, have a big part in uh in mutant uh culture and they they certainly do since they were they were pretty heavily used in this week's x-men book boy boy were they and we'll talk about that also too uh the ten of swords is also a tarot card and if you've seen that tarot card and there's been a lot of tarot cards both in the x-men book and even in the guardians Mm -hmm. book from last week Mm -hmm. uh what is it there the big recurring theme with the ten of swords is some guy with ten swords in his back which obviously represents betrayal yeah so who who are they going to betray who isn't in that picture that's a prominent mutant and isn't doesn't have a sword i don't see magneto anywhere on there hmm think they're gonna julius caesar him there you think they're all just gonna stab him in the back in the mutant senate a bunch of times maybe (laughs) that'd be a hell of a way to go you get stabbed many times by your friends Uh, but yeah, it looks fun. It looks cool. I like that Cyclops has a fucking lightsaber, yeah. which no, it's a concussive sword. It's different. Don't sue us, George Lucas. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, wait, that's fine. It's Disney and it's Marvel. They can totally give him a lightsaber if they want. It's fine. <laughs> they can now. Yeah. <laughs> this is, of course, all to build up to next summer's big event. X-Men meet Star Wars. Yes, of course. In one of Moira's many multiple lives, they go to a galaxy far, far away. It turns out it's worse. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it's way worse than you could ever imagine. But yeah, that's uh, that's Ten of Swords, which apparently is going to be really long. Apparently they're saying it could be like 15 issues. Oh, fuck. And it's happening at the same time as Empire. Which, ooh, 
my wallet is already <laughs> screaming at me right now. Because, like, Empire I was kind of unsure about, but the more I see about Empire, I'm like, ooh, that looks cool. Ooh, that looks fun. That could be cool. Yeah, I, I'm still deciding on what I'm going to pick up. I'm obviously going to read the mainline book, and I might do, like, mm. Avengers and Thor, maybe. Yeah. For me, it's like it's books I'm covering anyway, although yeah. I'm really at the point now where I got to start making some changes because I have too many fucking books again and some <laughs> need to be cut. And books I even like, like Miss Marvel and Spider-Man, I haven't been able to review in months because I keep getting jammed up with new X-Men mm -hmm. books and new miniseries. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I've just cut all the X-Men books. I'm doing like X-Men and X-Force and Wolverine. That's it. And I'm I'm doing that that's that a, that X Men Fantastic Four series, but that's like a a yeah. mini, so that's okay. It's it, you know it's it's a it's a, probably a good problem to have that is, but they're all so good yeah, though. Yeah, they are. That's the problem. <laughs> Again, why can't some of these be shitty? Why can't we have more Fallen Angels? <laughs> oh yeah, remember that one. <laughs> Fallen Angels was ultimately fine. It just wasn't as good as the other ones. No. <laughs> Fallen Angels had a big old sign on it being like, you can skip this. <laughs> Even New Mutants, which I skipped. Some people like uh, my buddy Kirk are saying like, no, you actually got to go back and read this. It actually got really good. That's the thing. I really liked New Mutants to begin with. Like it was, it was weird space adventures. And yeah, I just had to had to cut it just because there's so many fucking books. Tell me about it. Uh, speaking of books, here's a new book that you and I might be tempted to pick up. Uh, we had talked about a couple months ago that Marvel was actually going to be producing an Ultraman series. Ultraman, of course, being the big tokusetsai Japanese hero. He's a little like Kamen Rider, but he's not Kamen Rider. Uh, they also announced the writer for this series, and hey, surprise, surprise, it's Kyle Higgins, the guy who did so well writing that Power Rangers book, <laughs> now he's writing another Tokusetsai book. Hell yeah, I'm definitely going to be reading this. It, it looks really great, it's got Kyle Higgins on it, it's going to be great. This has all the potential in the world to be really huge and also be like another crazy revenue stream for marvel who has already worked out a really sweet deal with the conan people in the conan estate and i feel like this is the same deal they extended to the ultraman people and that is like look let us do the books put our people on it you can okay everything that we do and you will have the ultimate veto power on it but again you'll make some money we'll make some money and it'll be a good time yeah it definitely seems like that and yeah if it's like the conan deal it's probably going to end up being pretty successful because the conan's got like two or three books not including like the spin-offs books like uh uh, the pirate Belize and all that, all that sort of uh. stuff. And yeah, he's had tie-ins with the, the Marvel universe and Savage Avengers and Serpent War and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, definitely could and be also, really popular. And as we've seen with Conan too, if this Ultraman book gets popular enough, don't be shocked if we see the Avengers <laughs> meet Ultraman. That'd be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty awesome. And then. And then all the Avengers get new Tokusetsai costumes maybe, too, and they all get into the big Avenger bond. Maybe because he fights like giant monsters and stuff, this is them trying to redo Monsters Unleashed again for the third time. Oh, <laughs> we bring in Kid Kaiju into the <laughs> Ultraman book and all those other monsters, and it actually makes perfect sense and fits just fine. You remember when Marvel tried that like the first time? They're like, oh, Monsters Unleashed spinning out of, I think it was Civil War Two, or something. Yeah. And then they tried it again after that, and it failed again. 
Yeah, well, because it was an event that was going on at the same time as, like, Secret Empire yeah. and, like, several other things. And it's like, no, this is the worst time to have this event. What are yeah. you doing? And it includes characters that, well, admittedly are cool. Not many people care about. <laughs> it's true. Again, there was a thing like, oh, Elsa Bloodstone was going to stay behind and watch over the Kid Kaiju. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's cool. I like Elsa Bloodstone. She should have more things to do. But it's just like, no, I, I don't have time for this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I will be watching this Ultraman series very closely. And, man, if this is another thing that takes off, imagine what other weird things Marvel is going to try and, like, get the estates to work with them I on. was actually thinking about this the other day, and I was like, so, like, they, they're doing, like, Star Wars and Conan and stuff. It's like, why haven't, they, how, why haven't, like, Disney and all that given Marvel the okay to do a fucking Indiana Jones comic? Oh, Oh my God, that would be that would be amazing. Like, like it's 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 sitting there. Like it's a, it's a revenue stream that would be hugely popular. It's a license to print money, yeah. and also like Indiana Jones is so pliable as a character. Where it's like, look, we maybe only saw Indiana Jones in those movies, maybe like a couple weeks out of his long life. Mm-hmm. He had dozens upon dozens of adventures you never even saw. Exactly, you've got all these adventures like you could adapt from like. Uh, the video games the young indiana jones mm. chronicles stuff like that like why have they not done that is there is there some rights is like steven spielberg actually owned the rights to the character or something or? i i feel like that has to be the case yeah. that's the hold up maybe after this next movie gets made maybe he, he might get one since that seems to be the ending of those movies Hey, can we do something with gargoyles again? <laughs> Greg Wiseman really would like to do something with gargoyles again. We're not saying you have to do another show, Disney, but clearly it does well on the app. And if the Power Rangers comic could do so good, can we get another gargoyles comic series? That's that's that sounds that would be really cool. And it also sounds like you could do that as like a digital comic and like kind of get yes. back into the whole digital thing because Marvel kind of just abandoned that. Yeah, that, a Gargoyles comic that comes out weekly could be your injustice, Marvel. Yeah. And again, if it does well, you make a big point to being like, oh, yeah, the Gargoyles are just another thing that's in Marvel's New York. Yeah, yeah, it works. They're just another They're just another team that's in there. <laughs> and again, maybe Demona goes and fucks with Captain America this week, or maybe Macbeth picks a fight with Spider-Man <laughs> because reasons. He's sick of Spider-Man standing on him. Xanatos and Norman Osborn get into a slap fight over who's the better rich guy. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm the better rich guy. Now I'm the better rich guy. (laughs) Again, you can't tell me this won't print money, guys. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Moving on from there, another C2E2 piece of news, and uh, I actually didn't see this one coming. Uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates will be ending his Black Panther run after issue 25. Man, this run has been going on for a very long time, and his mutual friend Mitch has told us he's still been doing the Wakandan Space Empire this whole time. Yeah, I had someone, I think it might have actually been Mitch, say like they actually had to cancel the book to get him to stop doing this Wakandan Space Empire stuff. (laughs) Like, I remember we were talking about the Wakandan Space Empire like two, three years ago, and the fact that it's still going now. Like, so you, you basically only did three arcs, in your whole book you know a nation under our feet whatever he did in between and then space that's what i yeah i i remember talking about like oh black panther's going into space because that's where like wakanda's wakandan came came from and all that sort of stuff I'm like oh that's cool mm-hmm. i'll read that when it comes out in trade but to learn that it's still going on it's just all insane. this time 
And the fact that he's been doing this on top of writing Captain America, yeah. Captain America has been moving really fucking quickly. Yeah, yeah. I wonder who they're going to get next for Black Panther in time for the new movie. I don't know. I don't know who, who could they I think get. It, I don't know. I, I definitely think it's time to kind of shake that up and maybe, like, if more than anything, just have, like, a good jumping on point for people because mm -hmm. obviously Coates was writing a big saga that yep. you had to read everything about. I think it's time to start with someone fresh and new. Uh, hey, can David F. Walker do it? I really like David F. Walker. That'd be pretty cool. I, I know David F. Walker has this terrible history at Marvel of them putting him on really cult books that never make it, like <laughs> Luke Cage or Occupy Avengers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he would be a really good fit for that to make a more relatable, easy-to-digest Black Panther book. Yeah, a, a down-to-earth, so to speak, Black Panther. Oh, still there? Oh, still there, man? Oh, Hello? yeah, dropped out for a second, but yeah. Hello, can you hear me? Uh yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> this, this this is still in the show, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I might cut it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But yeah, I think David F. Walker would be a really good pick for yeah. Black Panther, mainly just because I want to see David F. Walker get more work because I like the man. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very good. He's, he's been doing really good things over at uh, DC with Naomi, uh, with Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah, and uh, he's got his own indie book there, Bitterroot, that's super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, I definitely want to check that one out. So, yeah, there's there's your Black Panther update, everyone. Again, don't be shocked if you get a new Black Panther number one to coincide with the sequel coming out. Yeah. Where could they take Black Panther where they haven't taken him before? He's one of those heroes where I feel after you shoot him into space, what world is there left to conquer? I don't know. I, I would, like, I think probably by that time we'll, we'll have gotten the mutants out into into the world so i'd like to see like mm. like wakanda have to deal with this other other nation that's like on par with them in terms of like technologically advanced and kind of superior and maybe like do some like political mm -hmm. stuff that's a cool way to take it make it a political thriller set in the backdrop of wakanda i like that one a lot mm -hmm. uh give him a kid that's always a fun way to go now uh he, he has little prince panther he has to, has to take care of <laughs> that'd be a fun one to do uh all right what else do we got after that Ooh, so uh they mentioned uh, at marvel some new free comic book day ones that they're going to be doing obviously empire is going to get some free comic book day one shots but the thing i wanted to talk about is the spider-man venom free comic book day one shot because Donny Cates is introducing a brand new villain who's going to be the cornerstone of the next couple arcs of Venom apparently and his name is Virus and he's basically War Machine yes he's half symbiote half robot <laughs> no I don't know how that works his spider is yellow though yeah he looks really cool he does look cool, and I, I, the name is so fittingly on point for symbiotes, where it's like, you know, Carnage, Phage, Scream, Virus. <laughs> Man. And again, like, in the hands of anyone else, I'd be like, that's stupid, but this is Donny Cates, who does a great job taking, that's stupid, but it's also awesome. <laughs> and making it work. If anyone can get me hyped for Virus, it's Donny Cates. <laughs> it is. It's seriously. So give me, give me all the virus. <laughs> uh, 
uh, another thing, uh, this, this is just a surprising thing, I don't have much to say about this, they, uh, they announced yet another, uh, Empire one-shot, and apparently it's going to be Swordsman, aka, uh, Clint Barton's adoptive shitty father from the circus, <laughs> is getting his own, like, one-shot. <laughs> That's very strange. Well, you know what I think it comes down to? It's going to be about swords again, Matt, because obviously, uh, what is it, uh, Hulkling got the sword of leadership when he took over the Kree Skrull uh, Union, and Swordsman is really good with swords, so we need a sword guy to fight the other sword guy. <laughs> what if what if that was all the mutants are about? It's like, oh, these people are like getting swords and like ruling countries. Maybe if we just get everyone on our continent swords, we can rule the world. <laughs> That's some Metal Gear shit, and then we'll all be kings in our own mind if we all have swords. Make it make it a thing about gun control. It's like now, now, in a Krakoa where only, uh, what is it, where only good guys have swords. Yeah, we're going to ban assault swords. Yeah, a ban assault swords. But wait, but, we're, but we all have these crazy powers. Yeah, 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 but and, it's the swords that are high-capacity pommels. Look, look, Magneto, you've clearly been bought by Big Sword. <laughs> Look, no more big sword money <laughs> influencing Krakoan politics. <laughs> Look, there's nothing wrong with swords. Our forefathers had swords, and we too will have swords. <laughs> it's right there in the Krakoan Constitution. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's going to be Marvel for the next little bit. Get ready for a lot of swords, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's the news this week, everyone. Not a lot happened. Again, it was a fairly uneventful I, C2E2, I all have things considered. one more bit of news that you, you failed to oh, forget, okay. and I knew you were going to forget anyway. Oh, hit me with it. And that's the new Star Wars era that got announced. That, oh, shit, that's right. I meant to write that. I did a whole other podcast that's Patreon uh, <laughs> behind a wall on another channel. But yes, the High Republic. Let's talk about the High Republic. Fuck yeah, yeah, this got announced at the start of last week. Um when i think like a day after we did our last show and um yes, they, they announced so it on like a kind of like a live stream sort of thing and yeah we found out it got a trailer yeah a really cool trailer that explained everything mm -hmm. about the high republic or project luminous is what it was called yeah yeah which we weren't sure is this a new video game is this a new movie but no it's more of a it's more of a shadows of the empire type thing and that is it's basically a movie sequel without a movie to go with it it's a whole multimedia project Ooh, a movie no movie yet or no video games mm, that we yet. know i of. imagine if it's vastly popular which i think it will be um i think we'll see start to see like movies and tv shows going in that direction which I am all for, because this is such a cool idea. It's, what, what is it, it's like 200 years mm -hmm. in the Jedi's past, so not not quite the old Republic, but definitely more, you know, in a, in a most sophisticated age. Yeah, the, the, the writers Charles Soule and Claudia Gray and all those people kind of compared it to, like, the Jedi Knights being the Knights of the Round Table and this kind of being, like, Camelot and King Arthur and everything which I love as a concept, and I love it even more when you look at their lightsabers. They have the cross guards on their lightsaber, but unlike Kylo Ren's, they're not made of lasers. They're just meant to look like Yeah, that. it just looks like a normal sword. 
I think that's super cool. Ooh, there's a new Wookiee Jedi now. It's funny. My mom actually saw that picture because I was, you know, like talking about it with someone else. And she's like, why aren't there more Wookiee Jedi? And I'm like, oh, fuck, mom. How much how much time you got? Sit sit down. You're going to hate that you asked this question in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This new Wookiee that's like everyone's already interested in. He has a name, but I, I'm, I, I can't say it properly. It's like Arangba... Baranga or something. I know Charles. So it's I a know, Star Wars. I, yeah, name. I know Charles Soule made it just because it sounds funny. <laughs> of course he did. Man, it's so funny when you look at the career trajectory of Charles Soule. He was such an up and coming superhero writer yeah. for so long, but like the last three or four years, they've stolen him away to just write Star Wars, and that's all he's yeah, done. Yeah, he's like like one of the big creative forces behind this whole thing, and it's just so cool. Yeah, I, I just remember him him being like the writer of like that inhumans book that only i read and and stuff like that and, and daredevil yeah. and she hulk he, he had a whole career and here's the thing they probably pay him more money to write star <laughs> wars too and, and it's probably pretty cool get to write star wars and again and unlike writing daredevil where it's like the next writer might just do away with everything you've done no 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 when you write star <laughs> wars that stuff gets like chiseled into stone and that stays for a while yeah yeah that that that's what's really exciting me that this is like a completely new era it's separated from the skywalker saga so none of that the only characters i could see appearing are maybe yoda uh maz kanata and possibly chewbacca since chewbacca was born around this time yeah which is a really cool idea and again like you said this is always my favorite you know, type of Star Wars where it's like, good, it is, you know, inspired by the stuff that came before, but doesn't have to deal with any of the mm-hmm. baggage because we're so far removed from any Skywalker or any Palpatine or anything else. We can just do new shit. Yeah, and judging from like the art and what the 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 basis of the story is, it seems like it's all brand new, like all, all, yes. all weird and wonderful stuff. Like there was a character and I hope it's an actual character in in the books and not just concert up but he was he's described as like a texas ranger jedi and he's got walker texas jedi he's got like a a wild west holster with his lightsaber in it and the lightsaber looks like a six shooter love it love it all to death i i want to know everything about this character he's already (laughs) my favorite yeah it's stuff like that the bad guys actually look cool and they're described as space vikings they uh they reminded me a lot of the Reavers mm-hmm. from uh, Firefly. Yeah. They're they're called the Nile, and I'm like, cool villains who aren't just Sith. I like yeah that. yeah that that's another thing. It seems it's just villains who aren't Sith or like a Sith cult or something. Like, I think mm. on the board they did mention the Sith, so maybe they probably will take place or take part of that and and turn well, into you have Sith to eventually. Um, but yeah, I like that the main villains are just like space like pirates basically. It's good. It's good stuff. I like it. Again, if you watch the trailer, they had a whole board set up where it was like the things we like about fiction, the things we like about Star Wars, and the things we want to do with the High Republic. Yeah, and one of my favorite things on that board was an actual ending. Yes, yes. You and I both agree on that. Thank you for giving us an actual (laughs) real ending. But yeah, this looks great. I'm probably going to try and pick up everything about this because it covers... We're getting a novel. The first novel comes out in August, which is written by Charles Soule, uh, which will definitely be like a required reading, I imagine, for this. For uh, sure. We're getting a comic, which I think is also done by Charles Soule, like a Marvel comic. Yeah. We're getting an Adventures comic, which is the IDW one. 
that's crazy too the fact that star wars is so big now they need more people than just marvel <laughs> to do it yeah um we're also getting we're getting a bunch of other books as well and i think there was something else i just can't remember what it was but i imagine like there's yeah there's like we still haven't seen like most of the stuff so i imagine again they could announce a movie or a tv show or something could tie to this come on Come on, video game. Come on, video <laughs> I know, game. Right? I want to make that cross-guard lightsaber. Uh, I know there was talks there uh, where EA is like, oh, yeah, we're definitely doing a sequel to Fallen Order. But then there's also like, ooh, another game that's a little bit more out there and a little bit more crazy, which, you know, in video game industry, double speak, it's like, is it a mobile game? Don't tell me it's a fucking mobile game. If it's a real game, tell me. <laughs> it's a mobile game you can play on your computer. <laughs> Uh, Star Wars Auto Chess coming soon. <laughs> you joke, but that would make a fuck ton of money. Oh yeah, that that goddamn Star Wars. Oh, I can't. I don't even remember what it's called, but it's like um, it's a mobile game. It's like all those other like yeah. Marvel games, and it, it made them something like a billion dollars last year or something. Because people love the Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's the High Republic. It looks pretty dope. I definitely want to check it out. And what I love about it, too, is it's them opening up and saying, like, look, you can come in at issue number one yeah. here. You don't need to know anything else. This can be your first thing. Exactly. That, that's, I think, going to get a lot of people on board with this who haven't read Star Wars in a while or don't read Star Wars. Yeah, but just thinks this is cool. I think they need to go full Shadows of the Empire, and I want the High Republic soundtrack, too, to come out with it. <laughs> That's what I want. Hey, it's possible we could get like some music from it. It's definitely possible. And if they don't, Matt and I will just make our own playlist. <laughs> we'll just remix a bunch of the old songs <laughs> and just put it in like some uh, Gregorian chanting. And we're like, "There you go. This is ours now." Some some lutes, some space lutes. Yep. The jizz whaler. That's uh, that's ah uh, yes, the ancient jizz whalers. <laughs> who jizzed on the bones of, I don't know, rancors or something. <laughs> Big space. Wh That's what the High Republic really needs to explain the origins of jizz music. <laughs> yeah, they, they might. It might. <laughs> the formation they, they of could the do jizz anything. bands. <laughs> That's, again, they've been around for centuries. <laughs> They're an ancient cult. They're, they are older than the hills. When one jizz whaler dies, another takes his place, <laughs> like Hydra. <laughs> <coughs> there you go charles soul those ideas are free the next ones are gonna cost you <laughs> yeah i'm glad you reminded me about that matt because i am actually quite excited for high republic yeah. uh all right i guess with that we can talk about what we read this week again i didn't get to read much because sadly i've been moving around all over the goddamn place but uh, what i have read i didn't i like enjoy. to think i've read much but looking at my like my files and lists i i haven't <laughs> i haven't at all it never it never fucking ends, I know. <laughs> How many do I have left as of tonight? I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six just from this week. Oh, no, wait, seven. There, Shazam. Yeah, I, I have probably about just as many. <laughs> yeah, well, we always forget Shazam. <laughs> can you, be, can you blame like us? Because they keep putting it out at random intervals. No, it's like DC is actively trying to make me forget about Shazam. <laughs> Until the new movie comes out, then they really want me to remember, probably. Yeah. Come on, you can't cancel the book until after he fights, uh, what is it, Superboy Prime. <laughs> uh, all right, where do we want to start with books this week, Matt? Uh, well, let's, well, we talked about it before. Let's start with X-Men issue 7. 
Yes, the big mutant crucible. I love how this issue was staged, where it's all mutants sticking around and being like, I don't know about the crucible, man. This crucible might be bad for us. I don't know. I think I'm pretty stoked on the crucible, <laughs> and only at the end do you find out what the crucible is. Yeah, and even then, it's still like, ah, this is pretty cultish. <laughs> oh, very much so. We get reintroduced to uh, Arrow, who was one of the new mutants. She used to be able to fly, then she lost her powers. But she's living on the island anyway, and today is her big crucible day where she has the chance to get her powers back. And it's like, oh, that's nice. But wait, can't they only resurrect you with her powers? Wait, how are they going to do? Oh, that's how. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a ritual killing uh, the hand of, of Apocalypse. Yes, who Apocalypse is so fucking gung-ho for this idea. <laughs> like, yes, yes, survival of the fittest fights to the death. My blue dong is so hard right now. Let's do it right now. I like how they framed it as well with it, where it was like Scott and Kurt talking about it. And it's like, oh, well, we we thought like, like there'd, there'd be a problem because the, the whole thing is it's all based around Scarlet Witch's House of M deal with her going no more mutants, mm -hmm. million mutants being turned into effectively humans and trapped in their own bodies sort of thing. And Scott and Kurt talk about how, like, it would be a problem if a million mutants just decided to kill themselves because they know they'll be reborn. Yeah. Because that provides a problem because then there's a million new mutants on the island suddenly. Uh -huh. <laughs> so so we, uh, we, we, we got to find out who really wants it. Yeah, and it. to do that, we'll just get Apocalypse here to like hit you a couple of times with his sword. <laughs> it's, it's basically a gang initiation yeah. is what it is. It's like, look, we're going to jump you in. If you want to join the Krakoa crew, you got to go three rounds with Apocalypse. And guess what? You're not going to make it. <laughs> Which, again, keeping with the cult thing, too, it's like, this makes sure that, A, we don't overload the five for resurrecting mutants, and, B, it makes sure the people we do let join Krakoa are really in it to win it and really aren't going to, you know, uh, say anything about our crazy customs because this is showing they're literally ready to die for the Krakoan dream. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's going to be very selective of who comes back. And then they also talk about, uh, mutant wills and like wills that people yeah. left when they die and how to honor them especially if like one will was like hey i want to be reborn but i want to be reborn in magneto's body with his powers yeah which i'm sure this is where we start the whole uh chimera mutants and everything yep. and i imagine i that that has to have been said because that's going to come up in something we're going to get like magneto or someone going crazy on the island and then it's going to be revealed that that actually wasn't magneto it was someone who was reborn as a magneto but reborn that no one knew about or something which is pretty clever uh, this issue was smart too because again it's mostly just cyclops who doesn't like the idea about the crucible talking to nightcrawler and they have a very you know kind of uh philosophical and theological mm -hmm. debate on its merits and it's like you know well this is kind of cruel and unusual wouldn't you agree and nightcrawler being like well you know none of us can die and as a christian that kind of like affects me because you know the idea is you're supposed to live your life in service of god then you get to enter the kingdom of heaven but krakoa basically is a heaven for the mutants and we've defeated death so yeah. what should i really be doing with my life as he said krakoa ever since its creation has been like testing not just him but hundreds of others beliefs in like what like what to believe as as he said as a buddhist and then a christian yeah and in the end he's like you know what i think the mutants need a new faith i think we need a new religion <laughs> oh no scientology <laughs> 
Yeah, really? <laughs> well, you see, Scott, there's these things called body feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also love this idea, too, because that basically means that probably next time we see Nightcrawler, he's going to be the pope of this new religion. <laughs> he's going to have a big-ass hat. They're going to start doing, like, they're going to start putting churches and cities and everything, and it's going to be, like, Scientology. Yeah. Oh, that that'll be pretty cool. Well, there's already those mutant cults we keep yeah. seeing springing up in all these books of, like, humans who are worshipping mutants. What are they going to call it? Are they going to call it mutinology? <laughs> are they going to call it mutinism? At, or the, I guess the Church of the Atom makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's a very clever book. And, again, as you said, we keep walking down this cultish path of the X-Men, not just in the fact that they're having, again, gang initiation, uh, ritual killings, <laughs> but also the fact that they've turned Scarlet Witch into, like, this boogeyman figure that they tell horror stories to kids at fires about. I actually really like that, because that, that basically confirms that, yeah, she is not a mutant now, or she's not considered yes. a mutant. No, 100%. I think she's in that Strange Academy book, but, man, I hope Hickman gets to write her. I hope she comes back to her mutant friends and sees this, and she's like, motherfucker, <laughs> I was your friend for years, <laughs> assholes. Really? <laughs> How many times have I fought beside... Really, you? Mm, you guys. And also, this technically means Quicksilver is the same, too, but Quicksilver isn't a boogeyman. No. <laughs> oh, you know it would be so great? Quicksilver comes to his dad, Magneto, and he's like, Daddy, Daddy, let me be a mutant again. He's like, okay, son, don't tell anyone. I'll resurrect you right quick. <laughs> you know, they'd actually... If they followed on from what Saladin Ahmed did in that book where he effectively became the Flash and gained access to the Speed Force and everything... <laughs> I could see the mutants like wanting him to be put like especially Xavier because Xavier just is interested in like like Franklin reaches like Omega level mutants and having a mutant who has access to a thing that can like slow down time and like travel mm -hmm. to different dimensions and stuff like I could see him wanting pretty that useful. <laughs> And also, too, it, like, puts a major, uh, what is it, riff, not just between Wanda and Pietro, mm -hmm. but also Polaris, who, again, is like, mother Magneto, I was your right-hand man. I was the kid who <laughs> stuck around and was still a mutant, and you're still, you know, bending over backwards for your one male heir, and Eric's like, yeah, I'm a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really good for Polaris, where it's like, mother every time, every time, you break my goddamn heart, Dad, every time. <laughs> But yeah, X-Men continues to be great and super fascinating. And also, I think, too, I, I know in my comment section, at least a lot of people did find this one to be a really hard pill to swallow. Yeah. And I totally get yeah, it. Yeah, same. <laughs> because it's like, again, everything the mutants have done so far, you can kind of explain away to being like, well, that was bad, but nowhere. But, you know, just as bad as any other nation mm -hmm. in the world or like, well, that wasn't cool. But they did it to bad people, so it evens out. This is the first time where it's like, no, this is pretty shitty behavior. <laughs> but then again, they also kind of frame it like, but who are you to judge, you know, the religious and cultural, uh, what is it, uh, formalities and rituals of another culture? And I'm like, eh, ritual killings aren't good. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think everyone agrees that ritual killings aren't good. <laughs> Yeah, like literal fights to the death as spectator sports as everyone watches. <laughs> Man, I, I really wanted to see like Mr. Sinister in the background. Like, what is it, taking bets and shit? Like, okay, do you think how long she's going to last? He would have done that like away from, from everyone else. Just uh, like behind everyone's back like, before the and fight. You know Sebastian <laughs> and you know Sebastian Shaw's like, big money, big money on it. <laughs> I'm a fucking addict, big money. <laughs> 
what else did we have this week? Ooh, we had a new Detective Comics, the start of a brand new storyline, actually. This is one I haven't read yet, but I know it's about Two-Face. It is about Two-Face, and not only is it about Two-Face, but uh, Tomasi does something kind of genius. He references the last Two-Face story he got to write in Batman and Robin before that was done Ooh, with. Oh, interesting. If you'll recall, at the end of that story, Two-Face shot himself in the head mm-hmm. to kill himself, and then no other writer ever talked about it yeah, again. Yeah, it just never, no, never fucking happened in everyone else's book. <laughs> Literally, this issue opens up. We see the bullet actually going through Two Face's head and stopping halfway. And basically, Tomasi's like, "Yeah, he's got a bullet lodged in him, and the uh, lead has slowly been poisoning his brain over the last couple years." Oh, that's awesome! Oh, not awesome. It's horrible, yeah. but it's awesome. <laughs> It's pretty horrible for him. That means when he flips the coin, he starts hallucinating, and sometimes he gets it wrong, whether oh, it's shit. good head or bad oh, head. Wow. <laughs> so now Two Face is acting even more erratic than ever before, and he's really he's really going back to his roots too. He uh, murders the Demarco brothers, twin mobsters who were uh, dealing in uh, black market uh, silver coins. Oh jeez. <laughs> He kills them with two Colt 1911s and then steals all the silver dollars that are year 1922. Oh, nice. And Batman's like, man, this is really this is really going back to <laughs> basics for Two-Face. And uh, then we get introduced to the cult of Two-Face. Ooh, interesting. Yes, Two-Face has a weird cult now, and I love their costumes. They're basically wearing black and white track suits half and half. <laughs> And they've all got their own weird little scratched coin, and they leave it open-ended, but it's like, yeah, why? Why does Harvey Dent have a cult now? I don't know, but this is cool. That sounds really awesome. It is. Again, I think this is a story that Tomasi has been meaning to tell for a long time, and it's really solid. That's cool. I'm glad he's getting to tell it. His, his, his detective run has been really damn good. It is, and every issue is a little different. And also, too, this is Two-Face back in the original black and white oh, suit. Oh, nice. I love that suit. Same, because he was kind of doing the gray and red mm-hmm. for a bit, and, like, they changed up the colors, but no, now he's officially back in half black, half white. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice little homecoming for him. But, yeah, Detective Comics, really good. Cool. Uh, another good comic this week was Batman Superman issue 7. Didn't get around to this one yet, but I know this is Rachel Ghoul and Zod teaming up to do a thing. Yeah, so we find uh, Batman and Superman have been using that thing that Batman developed in the, I think it was the last issue where he it, it finds pre-determined uh, events and they stop them before they happen. Uh, and So pre-crime, Batman built pre-crime. Yeah, but, but like a, a not a, uh, a brother-eye-ish version of it, not a, a, a uh, evasive version invasive uh version of it um and which i like superman made that joke in the previous issue it's like didn't you try and do this once before and it ended horribly for everyone (laughs) um yeah so they've been sort of just mopping up crime when when it happens and just before it happens and they they go to striker's island the graveyard next to striker's island which since they track some kryptonite there and they trapped it to the body of the kryptonite man uh, which they they actually Ooh. reference him dying, which happened all the way back in New Fifty Two. Damn! Um, and they find that there's no kryptonite in his in his body anymore, and we find out that's because someone's already been there, and that someone is Ra's Al Ghul, who attacks Superman with a kryptonite sword, and hmm. he le- we learn that he's been trying to like take kryptonite from around the world because Zod came to him with Candor. Uh, with the intent, which is smart, with the intent on resurrecting it with the Lazarus Pit, 
uh, I love that concept. Ra's told him to fuck off because he doesn't want a bunch of insane Kryptonians running around the earth. Uh, Probably not a good call, even if they're tiny. Yeah, Zod, Zod obviously dist- went insane and just decided, no, I'll just do it on my own. So Raz has been going around destroying his pits, but also collecting oh. collecting kryptonite for when Zod comes for him. And Oh, that's fun. So they're not really working together. No, no. Um, Raz actually ends up working with Batman and Superman, and he takes them to oh. uh, another pit, which is at an Aztec temple, and that's where Zod is. And we learn they arrived too late because Zod has already put the city in the pit. So the end is like Damn. all these like undead powered tiny Kryptonians rising from the pit <laughs> and coming at the heroes. Now that sounds like the sort of Batman Superman story I want to read. It reminds me a lot of Jeff Loeb and Ed McGuinness's run from the early 2000s. Yes. Yeah. It, it, You're it's right. It's really damn cool. That is a good way to put it. Actually, DC had a couple of really solid books this week because I had Tom Taylor Suicide Squad number three. I did as well. This uh, this was another solid issue. Again, Taylor's bringing all the hits here, making it really uh, tense because at the end of the previous issue, you didn't know if Deadshot was going to keep these revolutionaries secret or if they were going to kill him uh, for seeing something he shouldn't have seen. Yeah, and the story, because this this is basically the end of the first arc, um, the story basically Mm -hmm. reveals, like, what's going on and reveals that these revolutionaries wanted to be part of the Suicide Squad because they want to take it down from the inside. And normally I hate the, oh, we meant to get captured uh, revelation, but here it made sense because they're like, no, we meant to get captured by Amanda (laughs) Waller, but the Suicide Squad has itself actually been taken over by more nefarious entities, and so we kind of got fucked when we got brought into this, and now we've all killed the uh, members of each other's teams, but here's hoping if we're ever going to get one over Locke, we're going to work together. Yeah, and I actually like that that it's revealed that Locke isn't like the big like boss he's got a boss above him and he himself is seemingly like tricked uh uh tricked with a bomb in his neck or something that electrocutes him which is very clever because for years you know the reading was always like oh you know amanda waller is just a much uh just as much a prisoner as these guys are it's just the only difference is she doesn't have a bomb in her neck here with Locke, though no no no, he literally has a bomb in his neck too. i like how zeter explains it when they realize they they weren't working with waller i like she's like waller was a monster but she was a competent monster whereas Locke is just an angry yeah. inexperienced monster yeah, exactly. You could you could set your watch to yeah. Amanda Waller, which makes me wonder too, did they force Amanda Waller out and wouldn't it be hilarious if Amanda Waller comes back and saves them all? I, I could see that happening. Oh yeah, saves them from it and but then turns on them and ends up using them as her suicide squad. It's going to be like, "Hey, business as usual, guys. I got my job back, but that still doesn't mean I'm a good person." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which would be perfect for Suicide Squad and it's like, well, you know, business as usual (laughs) but yeah suicide squad under taylor is great it's everything i've wanted from a new suicide squad book i think this is a great new era and i hope lots of people are reading Yeah, it's actually interesting and gives the character something to do like i i enjoy that floyd actually got like got kind of a win for once and yes you know kind of won over on the suicide squad or and on the the powers that run the suicide squad and he's actually you know not part of the team anymore and it's kind of taking charge a little bit of his own life. 
and that the revolutionaries felt bad yeah. for him when they read his mind, where it's like, ooh, this guy has been through so yeah. much. Maybe we shouldn't kill him. And funny, too, where it's like they begrudgingly respected Deadshot early on, at least to be worried about him. No one respects Harley <laughs> Quinn, which I think is very funny. Yeah, they could tell her to guard the... And rightly so. I would not tell her our plans. She would fuck it up in an instant. <laughs> no, which again, and again, because Taylor is like a smart, competent writer, eventually she is going to find out, and she's going to be hurt that Deadshot didn't tell her and that no one else let her in on this thing because they think she's too volatile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's probably going to feel bad about it. And also, too, the uh, they claimed in the next issue, Boomerang's probably going to be coming oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, the only other uh, more frequent member of the team outside Waller and Deadshot himself. <laughs> so I love they're working him back yeah. in. But, yeah, this uh, this one was solid. This one was good. I really like this yeah, one. Yeah, do you know what comic I didn't like, though? What didn't you uh, like? Leviathan Dawn, issue one. I could probably have set my watch <laughs> to this. I, I didn't touch that shit with a 10-inch pole, but please do tell you, me all about you, it. You read Event Leviathan, didn't you? Sadly, to the very end, even when nothing happened. Then you've read Le Leviathan Dawn. <laughs> oh, good. Again, another issue where nothing happened. No. So it's it's literally like a recap. Like, yeah, Levi wow. and Vent Leviathan was, you know, a failure in the eyes of Leviathan. The only thing that was revealed was that it was Mark Shaw. And it just kind of like picks up with like, well, we're going to put together a team and it's the team's going to become the new checkmate. The problem is the team is just the oh. team Lois assembled the, that like basically oh. those detectives. So I'm like, okay, so you're not really introducing any new characters into this. You're just using the same ones over, putting them back together. Many of whom don't have books at the moment, so they're free to let Bendis do whatever the fuck he wants. Then, with them. because I have to assume Bendis saw what was happening with X Men, he decided Leviathan needs to become a nation and gain an island. I saw and that, that island is Markovia. Man, Markovia just can't catch a fucking break, can they? Well, in the book, it's explained that Markovia can't like made a deal, like their government made a deal with mm. Leviathan, so they come in and like help, and Leviathan would be technically the rulers, sort of thing amazing yeah and then th that's that's all that happens <laughs> that's all that happens in that book i'm like oh wow can't can't wait to read leviathan checkmate it's just gonna be the exact same as event leviathan boy if you loved event leviathan you're gonna love this sequel because just as little happens in it as in the original i just can't believe they're letting him do this it, it seems like a joke. It seems like who who's having a laugh? You know, April's not for a while, guys. <laughs> when I saw that, we joked about that. It's like, wow, nothing happened in this series. Well, you're going to have to wait for the sequel. Then they announced a sequel, and we're like, fuck right yeah, off. And then nothing <laughs> happens in the sequel. <laughs> but guess what? We're not just ruining this book. Apparently, we're ruining Superman, too, because, like, Leviathan is involved in the main ongoing Superman it, book he's still. He's involved in action comics, and it's about as bad as you think. It's even worse as well, because John Romita Jr.'s on art on a bi-monthly book, and it mm. looks horrible. It looks absolutely That's horrible. That's a shame. It's like, Romita Jr.'s not bad, but he's good at a very particular set of things, and, yeah, doing action comics bi-monthly is yeah, not when he he's when he at. has to rush his art, it, it suffers. It absolutely suffers. Cuts corners like a motherfucker, oh, don't he? A does he? 
that's uh that's uh that's a bummer that's a bummer all over the place but you know it wasn't a bummer x-men fantastic four too i haven't read this one yet Uh, i just read this one and i won't spoil it too much for you but basically yeah the x-men and the fantastic four on a collision course with very good reason because the richard the richards kids disappeared at the end of the Mm -hmm. last issue to join up with the crew of the marauder and uh their parents rightly so jumped to the conclusion where it's like well you tried to recruit our kids we said no it turned into a fight and now they're gone clearly you kidnapped them yeah i i would absolutely jump to that conclusion as well and the best part is is like magneto and xavier like oh we don't want to be on the phone with sue richards uh cyclops you take this one you you get on the phone with her And he's like, now, now, Sue, just because it looked like we were trying to kidnap your children didn't mean we tried to kidnap your children. And also, your daughter went missing, too, and she's just a human. We wouldn't yeah, want her on Krakoa. Human. Yeah, it, which when she gets to that point, she's all, like, shocked and slack-jawed, and Scott's like, oh, no, I said the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud, didn't I? Scotty Dunn stepped in it again, Emma. How do I get out of this? <laughs> and, of course, they got grabbed by Doctor Doom, and the big surprise is, you know, the Marauders were on their way to liberate some more mutants. Turns out the mutants that they were going to liberate are all the mutants from Latveria. Oh, okay. And so what, they were going to Latveria or somewhere? They were going to Doom's private island because he just put all of his mutant population <laughs> on an island. He gave them their own island? <laughs> Basically, That's to which Doom deal. is like, oh, yeah. No, not bad at all. It's basically like Doom's summer home, and Victor's just like, oh, yeah, all the mutants on an island did it first. <laughs> Which I guess answers the question why we don't see more Latvarian mutants, because Doom literally put them all on an island. Oh, that, 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 that's cool. Is it better than, you know, putting them in a concentration camp? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the funny thing, too, where it's like, well, yeah, I guess what is it doom grew up as a romany so yeah he's weirdly like respectful and progressive mm-hmm. when it comes to mutants yeah. which is very shocking and he even says like yo hey i'm doom i hear everything uh i have no problem with krakow i have no quarrel with you guys yet but <laughs> hey franklin richards i want to get you your powers back a because i hate wasted potential and b if i get your powers back your dad will be really pissed <laughs> off that, that's very true that's very true. That's so, the ultimate win over Reed. So come to my secret lab and let me fill you with science juice and let's get this <laughs> shit done today. <laughs> and Kitty, who's like having her loyalties pulled in a hundred directions, is like, well, he wants to do this, but Doom is evil, so I probably shouldn't let him. But Xavier wants another Omega Mutant on our team, so maybe I should let him. I don't know what to do in this situation. I, I like Kitty's, Kitty's whole deal where, where she like knows, knows like xavier's like like ulterior motives like is well aware that Mm -hmm. he's up to something she still wants to go ahead with it because it's for mutant kind and everything but then franklin's like her friend and everything i love it It's, it's great she's she's in a very complicated position it's wonderful stuff and then of course in the final page you discover doom has his own doom bot sentinels that he's been stockpiling he's he's like just in case just in case they come here and start shit (laughs) i got this under the island He's, he, it literally is under his aisle. He's like, hey, are the Doombot Sentinels coming along? Good, cool. We might have company soon. Just just keep them on ice until. <laughs> That's great. And, and, and they're like clearly Sentinels, but they've got his face on them. And I'm like, this man loves branding. <laughs> 
But yeah, th that book's great. Chip Zdarsky is great. What I love about it is that he, in his book, seems to very well tackle the idea where it's like, no, Krakoa's kind of a weird, creepy cult. Yeah. And this is like seeing it from the point of view of other people and how the Fantastic Four feeling right now might very well be how the rest of the Marvel Universe feels when they figure I'm it out. I'm glad other writers are like picking up on that because I know the fans aren't. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting because it's like when you read an X-Men book, you're reading it from the mutant point of view and naturally they're going to feel much more different than other people who come on mm -hmm. in. There's a, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there is an amazing bit with the Invisible Woman in this issue where I'm like, that's so goddamn cool. Is, I, I love that. I flick through the book. Is that where, like, she gets knocked out and to, like, bring her back to consciousness, they open up her visor and get uh, Emma Frost to, like, connect with her mind just, just, just for a brief moment to, like, shock her out of being unconscious? That... that that's cool it's actually a moment a little bit before that where the mutants are sitting around and talking shop and they're like hey you know they think they uh we kidnapped their kid but we didn't though but we were thinking about it though also you think this will start a war with Lodvary if we do this i don't know man we should probably have a team behind to fight off the fantastic four if they come and magneto's like fucking fantastic four Ooh, i'm made of rocks i shoot fire i'm a smart guy <laughs> And then they're like, and they're like, aren't you forgetting someone? And then they're like, oh yeah, the invisible woman who was listening to us this whole time. She was in the room with us. <laughs> That's great. And she just like knocks Magneto's shit. And I'm like, That's so cool. <laughs> she was listening to you the whole time. Oh, that's awesome. Because Sue is secretly the most dangerous she one because she could be behind you at any yeah. time and you wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sue's killed tons of people you don't even know because no one expects the invisible woman. <laughs> and 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 if they follow her off with that that solo series she had, she was like a really competent spy. Yes, she was an agent of Shield for a long <laughs> period of time because why wouldn't she be? She has the best power for it. <laughs> but yeah, that book's great. Chip Zdarsky's great. If you're not reading that one, you need to check it out. And again, it's four issues, so it's going to have an actual ending. Yeah, well. Just keeping with the, the X-Men stuff, did you read the giant size X-Men? I did not. I flipped through it, though, and it does look like a fun artsy bit where they stop doing dialogue like 20%. Yeah, in. yeah. Or not even that. Like, after the first two pages. And, um, yeah, so we find out that Storm has been found unconscious. So the whole issue is Emma and Jean go into her mind to, like, try and, like, find out what happened and kind of, like, rebirth her in a way. So they go through like some mm. troopy like African like plane stuff with like flying elephants and tigers and all that sort of stuff, and they find it's. Well, go ahead. I I was gonna say it's one of those books from like this looks like a blast to read, but a pain in the ass to make a video yeah, about. I found it pretty easy. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, so they they go through it. They they eventually find her, and we. It's, it's kind of gross. They like find find her in like a Krakoan egg and they like they like resurrect her and like her face and everything starts melting off and it's like machine parts I underneath saw that. and the end of the issue we find out that this this is actually going to be required reading because this is this is like a follow-on for when they fought the children of the vault and apparently yes i read apparently that in that fight they infected storm with a virus and the virus is going to kill her Ooh. in 30 days uh-oh and now and they've got to they got to sort it out and I'm guessing if she dies in 30 days by a techno virus, they just can't reboot her like they do everyone it else. Kind of seeks to imply that, yeah, they because yeah they don't mention it's like oh we'll just 
wait and we'll just kill her now and just rebirth her yeah apocalypse hears that in the background <laughs> yeah. hey we're gonna do yeah, some killing oiling his sword <laughs> yeah mm, killing time <laughs> Uh, yeah, that looks fun. I, I like the idea that the children of the vault are kind of like this rogue entity who don't seem to really work for anyone but themselves. Yeah, they're kind of... Yeah, and they're, they're, there's, like, hints that they there's possibly maybe from the future. Yeah, because, again, like, when they wrote that original Children of the Vault story, they implied a lot but never said anything, and here comes Hickman where it's like, I'll say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that looks like a fun one. I definitely want to check that one yeah. out. I uh, I read one last one this week and it was Spider Man Forty. Ooh, tell me, I'm I'm behind by two issues on this. A lot happened in this. So, uh, J. Jonah Jameson is working for a TMZ style yes. internet company now, and he, <laughs> and he manages to browbeat Spider Man to sit down for an interview. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, and like at first it's all nice and chummy because obviously Jonah knows he's Peter yeah. now and they've have like a better relationship. But then the interview takes a turn. He's like, "Well, you know, you did all this shit starting out," and Spider Man's like, "Yeah, well, you were like an adult and you were bullying a teen. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? And all this fake news comes from you, you jerk. They learned it from watching you." <laughs> And, uh, and, like, they're really getting into each other, but that gets broken up by chance. Uh, like, a really lame Spider-Man villain with a gambling theme. Uh, him and the foreigner had a bet where it's like, I bet you couldn't steal Spider-Man's web shoe. I, I, I saw I saw his introduction in that one issue where the foreigner went and, like, bet on that fight between Spider-Man and the drones and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, I, I bet you couldn't do that. And, like, he goes, but he doesn't want to win because he doesn't want the foreigner to get what he wants because the foreigner's like, well, if I win, I'll pay my tab and I'll pay everyone else's oh, tab. Jesus. Which, ob- <laughs> which, obviously, if you're running a casino, that's bad because it's like, no, I want people to keep owing me yeah, money yeah. because if they do, they'll keep betting and keep, you know, losing more and more and only the house wins. <laughs> so Chance is doing everything in his power to lose the fight. It's like, Spider-Man, hit me now, hit me now. <laughs> And eventually the foreigner's like, this is stupid. And he sends, like, an army of guys dressed like jack-o'-lantern to just grab the web shooter and put it in Chance's hand to force him to win. <laughs> and Spider-Man's like, I gotta chase after those guys. I gotta stop them. And Jameson's like, but why, though? You always do this. You literally don't need to stop them. They weren't trying to fight you. They're more fighting each other. And even then, their big thing was just to steal a web shooter. The city is literally not in danger. Be responsible and finish your podcast interview, which he does. (laughs) That's great. He's like, yeah, you're right, Jonah. For once, this actually isn't my problem. (laughs) And uh, then after that, it's it's twist after twist after that, shockingly. Really? Yes, we find out that uh, someone who's been winning all the bets in this supervillain casino is actually Jamie, the guy who helped Peter build the clairvoyant future-telling device, and he's using it to gamble now. (laughs) And he's cleaning up on it, and of course, because everyone Peter Parker knows has a 50-50 chance of becoming a supervillain, he's like, oh, call me clairvoyant now. (sighs) That's how they got there. Yeah, it's like, damn it, Peter, you created another (laughs) supervillain. Uh, we also find out, too, Nora almost finds out that Peter is Spider-Man because she, like, breaks into his apartment that he shares with Randy Robertson because they used to date. <laughs> and she's like, hey, I found your Spider-Man mask. I didn't know you and MJ were into such kinky role play. <laughs> so I wonder if that's like a like if like because because we, we theorize that maybe she's kindred or like somehow mm-hmm. involved. In, I wonder if that's like 
like uh nick spencer throwing a red herring our way and saying like oh no no she's not she she didn't know or this is like and that's him throwing a red herring but also saying it's like oh this is like kindred as nora like like just playing with peter saying that there's there's a lot of layers to this because she then follows up by saying hey that jonah podcast did great even mark maron loved it no really they drew mark maron into the comic and he loved the podcast (laughs) i know i thought that was very fun you got to be really into podcasts to know that but she's like look that one did so great we want another spider-man centric podcast with the only person in the media that spider-man would trust you his uh what is it former boss and photographer (laughs) And she's like, I'll pay you a bunch of money if you come and do this. And Spider-Man's like, fuck, I can't say no to her. Because if I do, she's dangerously close to figuring out I'm Spider-Man. And she's put me in this unwinnable position. (laughs) And then at the end, they start saying there, it's like, well, how did Nora get all this money to start up this TMZ thing? Because she was never that good Mm -hmm. when we see her before. And we discover that her new operation is actually being bankrolled by the chameleon from jail. Jesus. (laughs) And and he wanted Spider-Man to be involved in this because this is part of his bigger ploy to get revenge on Spider-Man for killing his brother Craven the Hunter. Jeez. Oh, and I'm like, wow, it's all connected. It's yeah. literally all connected. And somewhere Kindred is out there. It's like, and I'm actually not involved with any of this. <laughs> Spider-Man's life is just like this. <laughs> But yeah, Spider-Man is cool, and I like that uh, Spencer can end like a lighter, funnier two-part story arc with being like, no, 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 but this is all still connected to some pretty heavy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. It's good stuff. Uh, and uh, the next arc I'm excited for, too, because it looks to be another Spider-Man and Boomerang team-up oh, piece. Christ, I love those issues. Those are so cool. Which means we're going right back to Superior yeah. Foes, and I'm like, fuck yeah, always with the Superior Foes. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that was the last book I cool. read this Cool, I week. have uh, two more. Okay. Uh, first one is Forceworks 2020, issue one. Yeah, I, I meant to pick this up because I love Rosenberg, I love Forceworks, ironically, and I love the characters that are yeah, in it. Th- th- this was a cool first issue. Again, it picks up the stuff from, uh, like, Tony Stark Iron Man and what's going on in the Iron Man 2020 event um, with mm-hmm. James Rhodes now part of Forceworks. He's, in, <coughs> he's kind of been forced into wearing the war machine armor more than he did in that Mm. tony stark issue which was just like a one-off um yeah so he's been forced to work with like solo and gauntlet and they're like breaking up like little like ai robot cells that are looking to like storm Mm. supreme courts and stuff um (laughs) anyway he bungles this mission and and gauntlet ends up getting hurt and because of his kind of gung-ho attitude solo quits the team you know oh. the, the 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 big hero solo everyone loves him. <laughs> so, solo going solo like hey man i was on deadpool's mercs for money <laughs> um and Rhodes wants to quit as well because you know he was forced into this by maria hill he doesn't want to be in the suit anymore because he knows what it c- can cost Ooh, him Hill's back. and and road and maria actually in a really really strange bit of of uh kind of character turn she's like no i agree with you i i didn't want to put you in this position but we have an agent (laughs) missing and if you do this mission that'll be it so he's got to go and find a missing agent who is on a island a spanish island that had a nuke go off recently and there's like an Mm. ai element to it and he's got a new team and that new team is quake and nice agent nice shield connection 
There you and go. And it's funny because Quake is, is flying there, flying to the island, and US agent is her pilot. And you don't know until the plane starts crashing and the pilot tells her to, like, get out and strap in and all that sort of stuff. And he, he's trying to control the plane and the handles come off. So he's like, ah, oh, fuck it, burst through the door and just jumps out of the crashing plane. Um, that sounds like Johnny Walker. Yeah, they, they end up landing on the island. It's funny because war machine arrives and manages to catch quake but doesn't catch john walker who plummets into the island and is immediately set upon by mercenaries which he just picks apart saying i'm here to liberate you patriotism red white and blue yep yep sounds about right um, I, I will be greeted as a, a liberator yeah, on this island exactly mission it. will be accomplished that's exactly <laughs> literally his dialogue and we find out that one of the mercenaries is is a woman who betrays her team and ends up fighting with John uh, against these mercenaries. And we learn out, we learn that's Mockingbird who was undercover. Hey, I've always liked Mockingbird. And she's the missing agent. And she was sent to the island to try and figure out what the AI on the island was, like what the robot cell is. The robot cell was Deathlock, who has turned a huge, hey. huge portion of the island into Deathlocks. Um, so there's like this horde of Deathlocks that come for the team and it ends with basically the whole team getting captured by these Deathlocks with the threat of them all being turned into Deathlocks. <laughs> that that already sounds like the best Force Work story ever told after <laughs> yeah, just one it's issue. Just action. It's just so... I'm glad they continued James's story from his Tony Stark and mm-hmm. Civil War stuff and all that sort of stuff. That was really cool. And yeah, it's just action. The, the fact, too, that Rosenberg is writing this mm-hmm. is fun, too, because he wrote The Punisher in the War yeah. Machine suit. Now he's getting to write Rhodes in the War Machine suit, so it's all kind of coming I together. I really want The Punisher back in this book. They mention him in this, but they know he's dead. It's, uh, oh, yeah, that's right, because Rosenberg technically kind of sort of maybe killed Frank off yeah. in his final Punisher issue. It's left open-ended. Same, too, to have Quake back because uh, Rosenberg, one of the first books I ever read with him was The Shield Anniversary, where he wrote a Quake story. Mm-hmm. So he's just writing all his favorites. Yeah. He's just getting them all. I think, he, I think he wrote Quake again, too, for that, like, uh, Inhuman Secret Empire I book. I think so, yeah. So he's he's dotting all the T's. He's bringing it all together. <laughs> Good for him. Good guy. Yeah, and my final book is Falcon and Winter Soldier, issue one. I wanted to look at this. I had too much to read this week, but this also looked fun. It is. It's, it's a big mystery. There's someone coming after Winter Soldier when we pick up the book. Him and his cat uh get attacked by like a hit squad it's funny because when he when he talks to sam later on this book he's like a hit squad was sent after my cat and they tried to kill me and everything (laughs) (laughs) um sam meanwhile is is uh searching for a missing veteran that used to attend his support meetings um she she went missing and he tracked her to the office of utilities i think it was called which is the branch of government that sam is uh, that uh Bucky is working for or is forced to work for mm. uh, to kind of pay off his his uh, uh, Winter Soldier debt like sort of yeah. thing and it was kind of like a, a, a plea deal in his like I help stop Hydra but I have to work for these guys um, they've all been killed off and they don't know who by mm. so Winter Soldier and Falcon end up teaming up to go and find Winter Soldier's handler who was seemingly at home when all of this happened because she had a hangover quote unquote Mm. and they they try and find out who could have done this and they find out who it is and it's a kid it's it's like a boy 
and his name is the natural hmm. and he's apparently a big fan of the falcon and the winter soldier and uh he wipes the floor with them in hand-to-hand combat he takes them apart like they are nothing and he we find out that he's working for hydra because there's two sects of hydra now there's the protege of baron zemo and an unknown rival and they're like fighting each other and the winner takes hydra that makes a lot of sense too because when rosenberg was writing punisher he was fighting Mm -hmm. zemo and zemo was seemingly killed at the end of that too so there you go and this as well and um so they they want to find out who is leading hydra but they can't because they have to fight this kid called the natural uh who is what he he doesn't really believe in all the hydra stuff but they said that like he could go and fight these guys so like "Ah, it'll be fun that's that's way too funny because in the Kyle Higgins Winter Soldier book they did, Bucky also adopted a Hydra kid <laughs> who was very good. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like that, and um, he he lets them live this time. He's like, I'll let you live, and you can you get one more chance to come after me, but just know that the next time we see each other, I will kill you. And that's mm. where the book kind of leaves off. Sounds like a good yeah. I, I like that they they've invented this new character, the Natural. Uh, he he's he's really cool he's he's funny he's like oh he's like fighting fighting winter soldier hand to hand he's like oh my eight-year-old self would just laugh at laugh at me if i told (laughs) if i told him i was beating to death the winter soldier (laughs) i uh i know you just started watching wrestling recently did you know dustin rhodes earlier on in his career before he was gold dust he was also known as dustin the natural rhodes He's gonna he's gonna do a Canadian destroyer on them and kick them in the balls <laughs> later on. Yeah, no, it's really cool, and it's even better because like the villain is a kid, so you've you've got yeah. Winter Soldier who has no no problems like trying to murder this kid, but you've got Sam stopping Winter Soldier from murdering him because he still sees him as a kid. <laughs> Don't kill the children. Yeah, it's, it's really really cool. That does sound yeah, perfect in time for so, the season, yeah. for, the, for the show to come out as well. I was going to say, yeah, perfectly timed for that. I might have to look into that for just that yeah. reason. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's everything, huh? That's all the books we read yep. this week. Yeah, that ended up being a pretty jam-packed show. I'm glad we could do this. I was worried, again, because I'm in a new place right now, that if it wasn't going to sound right or if the internet wasn't going to hold up for it. It kind of did. Our Skype was weird, though, mm-hmm. that there was, like, you know, a huge-ass delay between messages. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't keep yeah, happening. Yeah, no, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Sorry we didn't get a chance to do this live. We'll try and get back to doing these live as soon as possible. Hopefully next week. I don't know. Like I said, I'm going through some shit at the moment, but hopefully it will not interfere with shows and content. All right, so thank you so much, everyone, for coming and showing up. Thank you, as always, Matt, for running the tech end on this, even when we're not (laughs) live. I really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, if you're a Patreon member, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else. we got all sorts of great content up there. And, uh, yeah, be sure to check out the show. Uh, Same Comic Multiverse time, same Comic Multiverse place, Wednesday at 8 a.m. on the channel. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Yeah, and we'll see you all next time then. Bye-bye.